Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Well, hello, my friends. By the time this broadcast reaches you, we will have passed over the horrors of Hurricane Ian, and whatever the aftermaths are. But even as I'm preparing to talk to you, I'm in prayer with you. For those of you who are impacted by this natural disaster, and we should pray for all who have lost homes or loved ones or property. Just let's pray as in these days, trouble and catastrophe all of God's people will join hands in prayer, believing him for miracles of the demonstration of the power of God in our world. Loving Heavenly Father, grant that this may be so in our lives today, that we shall allow you, the Lordship, deliver and help all who are suffering at this moment. And Lord, may your word today find a lodging place in all our hearts. For Jesus' sake. Amen. In our times together over the past few broadcasts, I've been focused on our reflections of Jesus Christ as a model for us as we live out the process of our Christian life, of our salvation. We remind ourselves that we had come to the conclusion that our salvation is both a crisis moment and a lifetime process. The crisis moment followed by the lifetime experience. This process continues in every believer until the day God calls us home. That's what we're going to continue to contemplate on in today's discussion. Two passages of scriptures have been in our mind and been the focus of our talks the last few weeks, and they are Philippians chapter 2, and Romans chapter 8. Remind ourselves of what Philippians 2 decides to say, how it expresses our imitation of the life of Jesus. It says in verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. The New International Version puts it this way, your attitudes should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. I kind of like the old authorized King James Version. It says bluntly, let the mind of Christ be in you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, implying that we should have a heart transplant, a mind transplant, have Jesus take that place. So what I'm spending so much time on and you might ask why, is the imperative that we get 
or the idea that we can will ourselves, just psych ourselves into doing this. No, it is the work of God the Holy Spirit. Our minds, the engine room of all that we are and all that we become, are impressionable and malleable. The enemy of our souls knows that. Satan knew that when he approached Eve in the Garden of Eden. That is not a fairy tale. It's a historic fact. You and I can attest to the fact that every good thing we have done in our lives first took shape in our minds. The same is true of every evil, bad thing that we did. The truth we must embrace is that we failed God and disappoint our best intentions when we fail to exercise the mind of Christ in our lives. Jesus knew we would have trouble imitating his lifestyle. And so he promised his disciples and promises us that the Spirit of God who was with them and around them would come to take up residence in them. Let me remind you that Romans is a purest and the fullest expression of our salvation. And in that book, the Spirit of God comes full circle in chapter 8. As there in chapter 8, Paul wraps up our great salvation and he says it really means that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And then he winds up that chapter by reminding us not only is there no condemnation, there is going to be no separation. But in between those two points of wonderful exclamation, he tells us that we're going to struggle in the flesh because the old Adamic nature is still with us. And the Spirit of God wants to superimpose the life of Jesus, and the flesh wants to get its way, and the Spirit wants you to allow him control in your life. So when we got to chapter 8, he just wanted to make a divine wrap-up of the gift of divine grace, and he wanted to seal it with those two great Promises, no separation, no condemnation. God calls us home and the fight is over. But while we're here, he wants us to realize that we're going to have this fight. This is where the Holy Spirit helps us. That is why in chapter 8 of Romans we see reference to the Holy Spirit so many times. Nineteen times in that chapter alone, we read about the Spirit and in the verses just following the opening verses, we talk about the flesh, talk about the carnal man, the old man, the sinful nature. Chapter 8 sets the stage for a lifelong battle between the flesh and the spirit, literally between Satan and the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. Oh, thank God is coming a day when we shall hear the shout and the shrieks granted new bodies, not subject to sin, not subject to temptation, like his glorious body. But until then, we should be prepared to do battle in this world of sin. Someone might say to me, yes, I understand that theoretically, but oddly, tell me how it works. It works when I spend time, when you spend time communicating with the Lord and asking for Holy Spirit power 
to do exactly the opposite of what the flesh wants to do, of what the old nature dictates, of what the old man wants to do. It works when I spend time reading the Bible, the Word of God, and in a prayerful attitude asking Him to apply it to my life. I don't remember when I, where I got this phrase, or if it was given to me by the Spirit of God, but it says, it works when I make a reckless abandonment of my life to Jesus Christ. That is what the Holy Spirit enables us to do, my friend. Oh, I must confess to you that in all the times that I have had a sad and unfortunate spiritual breakdown, times when I knew that what my words and actions said and did were wrong, I came to face it and trace it back to not focusing on the things of the Spirit, not reading the Word of God, not spending enough time in prayer. My friend, if you are in that state today, I urge you, I beseech you, I implore you, in God's name, get on your knees and get back in the Word of God. We are not able to take this on our own. We have the Spirit of God to guide us. We have the Word of God to instruct us. My friend, there's victory in Jesus, but there is defeat when we allow the old Adamic nature to dominate our desires and control our wishes. That is where Romans 8, really, Romans 8 comes in. Reading excerpts from Romans chapter 8 makes it plain that there is a battle going on for the control of your mind and so of your life. It belongs to God, my friend. You belong to God. Satan comes to steal, Jesus said, and to kill and to destroy because he's a thief and he's a liar from the beginning. That's what my Savior said. The Holy Spirit comes to fill you with the mind of Christ. Let go of the world and all of its allurements and let God take control. Romans 8 also reminds us that this spiritually minded person does not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. My friend, it doesn't matter where you are today. The Spirit of God wants to bring you back into fellowship with God. That's what He does. The Spirit gives life because of the righteousness of God that was expressed for you and given to you when you came to Jesus. This man, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus offered one sacrifice for sins forever and sat down. He is alive, and he wants to be alive in you. In Romans 8 we read, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life, life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I think I hear you saying that God wants you to say that. Yes, it is as true as it is extraordinary. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every blood-bought child of God. If you're saved by grace through faith, you have divine power. You have Holy Spirit power, God's 
Holy Spirit power. The process of our Christian profession plays itself out when we are so totally abandoned to Jesus Christ that we measure our thought and conduct against none else but Jesus. What would Jesus do? Please allow me, allow me to remind you that the Bible says concerning Jesus that he was tempted in every way just like you and I are tempted, and yet he didn't sin. At this point, I want to be as slow and deliberate as I can be. Why? Because I need to be reminded of this fact. Also because I know you need to be reminded of this fact. We are so abandoned to Jesus Christ and his cause, we will want to walk like he walked and talk like he talked. So please listen as I read from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our, of our infirmities or our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What I hear God saying is, Child of mine, don't go it alone. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Ask Holy Spirit to take over. Remember, he's here in you to make you just like Jesus. God grant that these things become true in your life. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.